Hello, everyone, and welcome in live here on a Monday night with a crowded booth as myself, Will Manis, and Ralph Leary going through our ACC tiers. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. And uh, we might get some laughs, might get some jokes, might get some anger, might get some blocks, some bans. But hey, that's all a part of it. And we'll talk about it on tonight's episode of the Crowded Booth. Pile in here and make yourself feel at home. The Crowded Booth is coming on. The Crowded Booth with Bryce Coon. Well, hello. Welcome in, everybody. My name is Bryce Kuhn alongside Ralph Leary and Will Manis. As, uh, man, we, we get ready to rock and roll here on a on a Monday evening. And, uh, man, the college football cycle has been anything but quiet over the past, we say, ever since the national championship. I mean, UCLA just named a new head coach. I will start it off by saying, guys, I just cannot wait to have the first team that's going to have an open spring portal window uh, open portal window during spring practice. Like, how do you even navigate that? UCLA cut it close. 30 days, which I guess could leak in depending on when their spring practice is going to be. But interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Will, how you doing, brother? I'm good. Good. Glad to be live again. It's been been a little while. It has been. It has been live. And Listen, uh, I want to say. Go ahead. Talking about your, your, your intro there. Look, if we're not getting blocks, we're not doing something right. If we're not having people upset in the comments, we're not doing our job. Is is this a job? No, it's not a job. No, it is. It is a job. We have to treat it like a job. Maxwell says we do. LSU plays is okay. Yeah. Yeah. Some wild news about to come out, by the way. See that tiger eye back there? Stopping right there. Um, Ralph, how are you doing, brother? Doing good, man. How are you? Doing good, man. I only uh, asked you that. You know, doing well. Uh, if after last night, we're not going to talk about the um, – Good lord, we're not going to talk about the uh, the Super Bowl, but I will say this: what we are going to talk about. Yeah, there we go, Louis. It's Calvin. Uh, we, I will. I will say this: Georgia Tech player, the NFL of all time, I'm in the top sure. three. All right, listen. I'm trying to finish my state my, my statement here. Um, the next time we have football on whether it's the NFL or the college level, we're going to have a uh, a new member of the crowded booth. So can't wait uh, for that. That's going to be a ton of fun. Yeah. And she's going to be the smartest one on here. That's She will more, be. We already know that. More, more than likely. <laughs> more than likely. If she's anything like her mother, she definitely will be. Um, also, that's kind of weird that I referred to her. We as can that. only hope. That's crazy. Yeah. So, hey, let's let's rock and roll. And, uh, man, we're excited to be here with you. As we go through the ACC tier rankings, guys, before we really get started here with this, I just kind of want to talk about the ACC. Uh, Will, you know, you and I were kind of talking about this, you know, earlier today with the ACC and the and the money situation compared to like what the SEC just brought in. It's not great. Um, I think that one thing that the ACC and Big Twelve are going to have is you're going to have like some really good depth, as in some some teams that are going to sit between probably like that seven to like eight or nine win mark. Uh, you could have literally like seven or eight teams that do that. And so it's going to be a conference that's going to play in a lot of bowl games. Uh, it's going to be a conference that's going to have some cool depth, and I think it's going to have some some fun games. It just doesn't really have a – and you and I were talking about this when we went through tier our Tier 1. It's Tier 1 within the ACC, not within the grand scheme of college football. But your thoughts on the ACC as we kind of roll into 2024 and get ready for spring football and, I mean, before we know it, you know, ACC kickoff and media days over there in Charlotte. 
I think the the ACC is going to be wild as you as you see where my allegiances lie down here. Um, uh, I think I think you're going to see everything. You're going to see some some pretty good football and some some really bad football too, and and all in between. Um, you know, like you said, I think it'll be a very competitive conference. I think it has a chance to be a deep conference and very competitive top to bottom. You just don't have. A, a an out and out national title contender. You may have a, a playoff contender or two in there, but you don't really have a, a true national title contender there. Um, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to have good football. It doesn't mean you're not going to have exciting football. Um, you know, the problem is now it's really a power two. There's no more power five. Uh, the like you said, the SEC they paid out over fifty million dollars just in broadcasting rights payouts yeah. to their their different schools. Uh, and that's nearly impossible to compete with. Uh, so, but it, it's going to be weird. I think, uh, you know, like I said earlier, going to have some people upset and I think uh, I, I'm ready to see the comments for, for this show. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's going to be a fun one. I mean, like when we look at the ACC, I, you know, obviously I have a vested interest in the ACC and I think we're going to take a, you know, a, a look at this, uh, with just everything we have kind of going with, <sighs> It, it, it just just going within college football, like the ACC and the Big 12 are definitely a step down from the Big 10 and the SEC in terms of generating revenue. But, you know, Ralph, look, you're a massive fan of the Group of Five. You've seen it in the Sun Belt. It doesn't mean that we can't have exciting moments. It doesn't mean that we can't have exciting football within a conference where, you know, the team at number one, the, the gap between them and team number seven or eight may not be as large as it is like, between an Ohio State or Michigan and a Rutgers or Indiana. Like, there's going to be some really good competition, I feel like, within this season uh, for the ACC. Yeah, and, I mean, you go off, like, the past, you know, 10 so years when Clemson just dominated. You know, and you had Florida State had its few years with, with Jameis and their national championship run, and then when Jimbo left, it just went downhill. You know, and, and the ACC was just – it was just Clemson and no one else, really. You had your occasional team that would probably have a good season and – you know, give you were run you get a running Clemson with like Lamar at Louisville and all that stuff. So, you know, for this for this upcoming season, you got you got a little more different, you know, a little more um, little di- diversity with this this conference. Honestly, with SMU especially, um, yeah. we were talking about earlier. SMU is a scary team to have in this conference. They are not a bad team. They're coached very well. Um, I mean, Will, Will loves that coaching staff. I already, I already know. I mean, as <laughs> yeah. a Gus Malzahn coaching tree. And it is a is a scary offense to have in your conference, um, but you know, looking forward, you know, the last few years we've been thinking North Carolina was going to be the powerhouse behind Clemson and Florida State, and they really, they did not even live up to that, you know, that ceiling we had we we set for, and then they bring in Max Johnson. So, you know, this 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 whole entire you know conference is laid out a lot differently than we're, we're used to, but you know, I'm still excited for it, honestly. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a fun conference. I know Ralph and I got to watch a lot of it this year, just covering tech and doing the shows. And Will uh, was asleep on that fantastic evening when Georgia Tech uh, beat Miami. I, I think we called Will like five or six times, trying, and he was just out because Will works the weekends. But he, no, was he, out. he answered. He and answered. He was not you. happy with us. He was not happy with me. I got, a, <laughs> I got a very rude what <laughs> at twelve thirty in the morning. No, like no grammar, just or no, no punctuation, just what? W U T. Um, I love SMU, by the way, and that'll that'll tease it there. But hey, let's let's rock and roll now. Before we get into this, we each have our own tier rankings. Um, if you watched our SEC one, which was not live, unfortunately, 
We, we it, was, it was long-winded. I, I tried to keep Will from talking about Auburn. No reason for him to be doing that tonight. Um, but is we Although, just kind of, hey, Ralph, Ralph set it up for me. He put it on a tee. I'm going to have to. He did. He that, did. That's the word is going to come out of my You're mouth. You're welcome. To yeah. Set it up. Let's Will go. is officially on the Fired Pony up. Express. Um, I, I'll say this, though. What are the qualifications? Because we got a lot of questions on that, um, you know, within our SEC one and then just kind of teasing this ACC one. For me, and I think we all kind of follow this, it's, okay, how does this program and team, uh, you know, enter the 2024 season look? And then just their kind of potential outlook as a program, whether that's NIL, whether that's, uh, you know, just just anything in between of where this where this program is going to be heading in 2025, 2026, and beyond. Uh, coaching is going to matter. Uh, recruiting acumen is going to matter. Staff potential. There might be a team that you're saying, are you – this is what we're not saying. We are not saying that this team ranked at in tier two necessarily is going to beat a team ranked in tier three because we all three talked about this. It's a jumbled mess from like number three to like number nine. Like any of these teams could win, and it's kind of crazy. That being said, we would love the comments. We'd love the criticisms, and we'll dive right into it. Ref, who are you going to put up first? We're going through Will. All right, so here we go, Will's ACC tiers. Will, you have, and Ralph's going to time you here. We're going to time you. You have eight minutes on the clock. You got to get this uh, in and out That's of. A lot of pressure there. Uh, so, yeah, this is, again, with the caveat of how all these teams fare in this conference. So, tier one, I'm I'm, I'm throwing Clemson back up there. I think they're going to bounce back. Um, <clears throat> really like what they've done. You mentioned the staff potential. Uh, bringing in Matt Luke, I think, will change a lot for them on that offensive line. It already um, has recruiting-wise, by the way. Yes. Yes, it has. I, I, I think Clemson – can get back to that level that that Louisville and Florida State uh, showed last year. I think Florida State maybe takes maybe a half step back. Got to see how they uh, come back from last year. And then mm-hmm. Louisville had a great year last year, no doubt about it. But I think they reloaded in the portal, did really well. I think Jeff Brom, I'm going to put it out there, he's the best coach in the ACC. Uh, oh, wow. I, I, I'm, okay. I'm putting him at number one. Okay. Uh, All right. <clears throat> tier two. You see the ponies right there. Rhett Lashley, I've loved him since he the work he did at Auburn as the offensive coordinator. I think he did a really great job in his stops, including Miami, uh, before getting the head coaching job at SMU. I think he's done a really nice job. I uh, like what he does. I think it'll play well in this conference, the physical downhill running. Um, I, th- I think the, the sky's the limit for SMU. I think NIL and recruiting, you know, just the, the money-wise, he can do, he can get whatever he wants. Uh, it's just how does he – how does he fit into the ACC? Yeah. Uh, Miami, I think they they come back as well. You, you talk about NIL potential. They've got it. They've got it there. NC State, <clears throat> Dave Dorn, really, really good coach. He's been there a long time. Uh, brings in Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina through the transfer portal. I think that will add some more dynamicism to the offense. Did I say that word right? I don't know. If dynamicism. I I, you might have just that's made a, it up. I have no clue. That's a big a word, word for me. I don't, I don't know that word? I said it right. I don't know if it's a real word. Yeah, I, don't, or not. I don't know. I've heard some people say it. I don't know. Uh, I think Grace McCall will kind of get them to separate them from the pack. That's that's tier three, yeah. <clears throat> tier three, North Carolina. You know, Ralph kind of set it up. They have they have not lived up to expectations. Uh, Mac Brown, real word by what? the way. Is Ralph did clarify it is a real word. I did say a real word. Uh, North Carolina has not lived up to, to expectations. Uh, Mac Brown, but, you know, kind of the elder statesman just in college football, uh, don't 
think he's going to be there long term. So this is they're kind of in tier three, kind of in the middle, just to see what direction they go after Mac Brown. Love Mac Brown. I think he's done a really nice job bringing them back to relevancy. Uh, but just he's not really the long term guy there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, I've got I've got Georgia Tech in tier three. I'm I'm bullish on Georgia Tech. <clears throat> you know, great offense bad defense and i don't know that they did enough on the defensive side of the ball in the portal or in high school recruiting to to really make the jump next year i think they're going to be a fun team to watch again they'll put up some points but they're going to give up some too and uh you know bryce you you and i have talked about this will buster faulkner still be there i think that is a a big question definitely think he the potential is still there for him to be poached and if he leaves that's going to be a really really big loss for georgia tech duke under manny diaz we saw what he did at miami uh they were a great story last year. Just I don't I don't trust that that Manny Diaz can continue what Mike Elko started there. Mm. Syracuse at tier three. This is all all about Bram Brown, him coming in, the new head coach, what he's done in the portal, what he's already done in recruiting. Uh, I think the potential is there for for Syracuse to really make some noise in the next couple of years. I think they're going to be much improved. Uh, they improved I think across the board, coaching and roster wise. Really like what they've done there. Uh, and then Virginia Tech, I think Brent Pry will build on finally a good year in Blacksburg. It was kind of slow getting going for him, but really liked what he did last year, and I think he's going to keep it rolling. Uh, Cal, interesting one. Go ahead. Oh, no, go yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, keep I thought going. you were going to say something. Uh, <clears throat> Cal, tier four. Uh, Cal, Cal's interesting. Don't know how they fit coming all the way. <laughs> Don't know how they're in the ACC. we got to change the name of this conference. Uh you know, I, I really like their coach, whose name I'm blanking on, of course, at the moment. Bryce, I know you know it. Um, Cal's, Cal's head coach. Cal's head coach. Can't believe I'm blanking on his um, name. Justin I'm talking Wilcox. too much. Yeah. Justin Wilcox. Really mm-hmm. like Justin Wilcox. Uh, problem is his roster is not very good. Uh, I think he can can work to improve it. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting with with Cal and then I'll, and Stanford as well. I'll just kind of talk about tier four and tier five. Does them being in the ACC, does that do anything for them recruiting? Uh, you know, the other big California schools are kind of all in the Big Ten now. You got to think that the top prospects will be going there uh, if they stay in state. So it's going to just kind of be interesting to see what's there. And then, I mean, for Tier 4 and Tier 5, this is kind of kind of the roster set up. The teams that have been on the downhill the last couple of years, I think Cal, Wake Forest, and Pitt have a little bit better rosters than Stanford, Virginia, Boston College. And Boston College, they're at the end of Tier 5, and they're at the bottom because I think they made maybe the worst hire, the biggest downgrade in head coaches of this coaching cycle. Bill O'Brien, are you kidding me? I mean, what what's he done? He's done nothing to give anybody any hope and faith since – since he left Penn State and went to the Houston Texans and, and mm-hmm. drugged them in through the mud, did nothing as a Patriots offensive coordinator. Bryce Young kept him in his job at Alabama. I what it just it's a tough situation for Boston College with Jeff Halfley leaving. I thought he was really kind of maybe turning the corner, him going back to the NFL, and then they replaced him with Bill O'Brien. I think that is an awful, awful hire. So I have them at the at the bottom, dead last in the ACC. All right. You finished with 15 seconds. That was pretty good. Right on time. All right, Ralph. You go next, my friend. I had a minute and seven left, so I mean. That's okay. I changed it to six minutes. So you have six minutes as well, Ralph. I'm going to give you four. Just since Will opened it up, you go to four. Any Anything you feel like uh, you want to add uh, to now your ACC or tier rankings? Yep. 
Uh, mine's a little different, obviously. Um, I, I think Florida State and, uh, and Louisville, obviously the top two teams in the ACC, in my opinion, from uh, this past year going in. Uh, I thought both teams did extremely well last year. They improved in the offseason. Uh, I think both teams kind of reloaded. Uh, I like what Louisville's done. I like what they're doing. Like Jeff Brom, I agree with Will, is probably one of the best coaches, if not the best coach in the ACC right now. Uh, I have SMU and NC State tier two. I think NC State is coming off a huge season last year with a lot of, was it six straight wins? And yes. then, you know, SMU, that roster is deadly. I like I like that roster a lot. I think they can throw it with, with the best of them. Uh, they're only going to get better. I mean, I, just, I think this is now the time that SMU steps into the, into the light and becomes a, a, re- a regular top 15, top 20 team in the country. Uh, Clemson, look, Will already said it, Matt Luke. Huge, huge improvement to that offense and in, in, uh, the coaching staff there. Uh, I think Kay Clubnick has, has his breakout year this year. I've, I've been high on Clubnick since he was in high school. When I saw that kid play in high school uh, on TV and uh, shred Quinn Ewers in high school, I mean, it was impressive. And he, they said he was committed for baseball at first, not football. Um, yeah, I think this is their year uh, to finally get back in the, to the spotlight. Uh, tier three, I'm never high on Miami. I cannot get behind the Miami train, the Miami, the U is back. I'll never get behind it until I actually see about five years of competitive play straight. It's just it, every year there's something goes wrong with them. And I'm, they're not going to go higher than tier three ever for me until I see, mm-hmm. you know, consecutive, like, con, you know, consistent play. Uh, UNC, they did not get better. I think it's a huge drop off from Drake May to Max Johnson. Uh, I don't think Max Johnson's really a terrific power five quarterback. Uh, I think he was average at, uh, at A&M. He didn't really do much and help their offense at all. Um, you know, they had Jake Johnson, who I think is a solid tight end, though. They're his brother, yeah. I think he's actually decent. He can actually move the, he can help them move the ball down the field, and they're good. Uh, Georgia Tech, look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Tech needs to be higher because they don't. I think Tech is right where they need to be. It's a solid tier to be in. You're a teams that are you know, normally tier two or higher from last year. You're sitting pretty. You you got your bowl game last year. You won your bowl game. You had a great year. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what that defense is going to do from last year. I thought didn't think it performed very well. Uh, it was streaky at sometimes. So I just I cannot go higher in tier three. I like I like Tech. I like Haynes King. I like what they're doing. If he limits if he limits the interceptions this year, we're talking about a easily tier two team. Duke Duke's in a weird position. They got they got their head coach poked. The quarterback got poached. The whole offense got poached. It just – I don't want to move them down from Tier 3. I think Manny Diaz is a good hire. So, I like them at Tier 3. They could possibly be Tier 4 if, really, the season goes to, to the crapper. Uh, tier 4, look, I like I like Boston College, okay? I, I'm throwing there because Thomas Castellanos is back. I think he's a great quarterback. I think he's dynamic. He can run with the best of them. He's got a great arm. He's he's another reminder of Haynes King for me. If he limits the interceptions, dude, he's gonna be he's gonna be a top quarterback in the country. I think he. I, I really believe that. Uh, Virginia Tech. I have. I'll be honest. I don't know much about Virginia Tech. I didn't watch a single game of them last year. I have even admitted that the price of will the other day. I just have not watched them play much this year, or last year. Sorry. And I just don't want to say anything about them. I know they're they got better last year, um, toward the end of the season. I think. Uh, but yeah, I, I put them at tier four because I don't think they're nearly as bad as tier five. Uh, Cal, look, that roster, that roster's good. I think they have a solid running back. Uh, the, the weird thing is, it's just the traveling for them and the time change I deal with. 
I mean, they had to go – Auburn came to them last year, and that time change is a little strange for them. Now they're coming to the uh, to the East Coast to play I mean, every road game. So that's a lot of flights. That's a lot of time, you know, spent flying. So this will be a weird season for them and a very big adjustment for them. Uh, Wake Forest, they just need a quarterback. I don't think – their quarterback play last year was bad, and it just was never consistent. They could never get a foot going with it. And it just it made their season go just kind of downhill. It was very disappointing. And, um, you know, after hearing what Will said about Syracuse, I kind of need to – I feel like I need to move Syracuse up to tier three, honestly. Uh, I think Fran Brown's doing great. I think they're going to even, you know, get better. Um, Kyle McCord, I think he'll have a better season now. Uh, it's not as much weight on his shoulders as Ohio State. You know, it's – Syracuse is not looking for a national championship run. They're looking to play, you know, conference championship or bust. You know, maybe a New Year's Six Bowl or bus. So maybe he calms down there and he feels more comfortable there than he was at Ohio State. In Tier 5, look, Stanford to me, I love their quarterback. I thought he was really good last year. He showed a huge improvement in that Colorado game when they came back and won in double overtime. Um, thanks to Ashton Daniels, if I'm not, I'm not mistaken on that. You were uh, the only person watching that game. I was the only one wait, probably. It was like a one o'clock final. <laughs> um, I like what Stanford's doing, but the same thing with Cal is just that that travel time, man. It's, that's a that's a long that's a long flight. It's gonna, it's going to affect the, some of these players. Virginia, look, Virginia has not gotten better than me. I, I think ever since they just kind of they had twenty win. seconks on the clock. Yeah, twenty was it 2018, 2019 season? They played. They beat Virginia Tech on the road to win the first rivalry game they played in like ten years. That's the last time Virginia was relevant, in my opinion. And then it just had not got better. And Pitt, Pitt fell off. They really fell off after the, after Kenny Pickett left. So I'll end it there. Well done. Well done. All right. So I like it. I like it. We are going to kind of – now we're going to roll on to mine. Uh, here's where I kind of sit. And so I'll, I'll offer some insight on this. Here's my ACC tiers. We're going to start here at the bottom. Uh, with Virginia, Pitt, and Stanford, I think that this is the bottom of the ACC uh, in terms of Stanford has a rebuilding project. Uh, their head coach, Troy Taylor, uh, was at Sacramento State, very, very successful at the FCS level. Uh, I feel like they went three and nine last year. He is going to have to fill some holes and get his feet wet in terms of, you know, remember higher level college football and just more consistent conference. Pac 12 was very, very good last year, but you guys have known this. It's been a, you know, essentially a top heavy conference. The ACC is not a top heavy conference. You can play your way into the middle fairly easily. Stanford's got a ways to get there. Uh, to me, uh, to be able to kind of be a consistent person there. Uh, we're going to roll with Pitt here. And the next thing, look, Pitt for me, it's their quarterback situation. Eli Holstein transfers from Alabama up there. They've got a former Penn State transfer in Christian Velu as well. They do get uh, a new OC, Western Carolina's Cade Bell, uh, who is had known for a high-profile offense. Can that translate with Pat Narduzzi over there? Uh Massive offensive line issues at Pitt the past couple of years. They signed a couple. Can that trans? Can that transform? In my opinion, to you know, play at the ACC level. Yes, we'll see. And then just from a program outlook, you know, I think Pitt's a spot from they had a guy in a. This is going to be kind of considered weird, but we're talking within the ACC, not nationally. But they had a guy who was a really, really good quarterback and a transcendent talent for them in Kenny Pick. That's what it took to take them to the top of the ACC. Uh, so if they can find that, I'm, I'm cool with putting them in tier four, maybe tier three. Uh, and then Virginia for me, 
look, Tony Elliott, I think if he has a really, really bad year, they could be trying to kick the kick down the door and see what they could do outside of maybe he and this regime. It was going to be a rebuild project, just not really uh, not really high on what they have going on there. All right, we roll into Wake Forest now. Uh, look, Dave Clawson, I said this when Georgia Tech went up there to play them this past year. Dave Clawson is a very, very good head coach. Uh, he has had taken – you know, below and av- below average and average Wake Forest teams to higher prominence within the ACC. Uh, it was a down year. They've got to find the quarterback situation. And guys, somehow, some way, Hank Bachmeyer is going to be an option for them this year. Former Boise State quarterback, then went to Louisiana Tech, uh, and he's going to be you know in the mix. Apparently, it's an open competition. We'll kind of see what happens there. But Wake Forest is a program that I think, at the very bottom should be a Tier 4 program. They should never be a cellar dweller going forward in, in the ACC. Boston College, I know Will and I talked about this. I liked Jeff Halfley a lot, and I think Halfley was a really good coach, and he's burnout. Bill O'Brien, to me, it's not It's not that you're going to be awful. It's just that I just don't know if Bill O'Brien moves you to the needle to be a contender in the ACC. Now, that's where I sit with that. And, and so I think they'll be okay. Like they'll, they'll It might doesn't have a take much to be a contender in the ACC. Exactly. That's a very, very good point. It does not take much to cons- – I mean, look at what Louisville did this past year. They had an easy schedule, and they went and raided the portal in 2022, and then look what they did in 2023. So for Boston College, I think that you know their, their ceiling for me is a Tier 3. Uh, so I have them sitting between you know Tier 3, Tier 5, and I've got that uh, Tier 4. I'll go with Duke. I want to see what Manny Diaz does. I, I think that Manny Diaz gets a lot of crap for what happened in Miami – I also firmly believe that he was never the guy that they really wanted down there. And once Cristobal came open, they wanted him to – they essentially wanted him out. Um, and if you remember that whole hiring situation, I think Manny Diaz is going to be able to do some things at Duke. Do they go to the the realm of where they were and maybe trajectory of where they were going with Mike Elko? No, but I think they can stay status quo, which would, to me, be a Tier 4 program uh, at the worst. Cal, guys – I was looking through this and making some notes of some rosters. Um, Cal is going to return Jade Knott, which, Ralph, you mentioned that was a massive surprise when we were kind of going over this. Cal has a really good offense, I think, coming into the season. They got Jade Knott. Uh, Chandler Rogers out of North Texas uh, is going to join. This is a guy who had uh, 27 total touchdown passes, a dynamic player on the offensive side of the football. I think that they could fit well into the ACC better than Stanford currently, and they should be at least low, a mid-tier you know, ACC program. Now, do they ever push for an ACC title? I don't know, but I, I think that they've got a nice little uh, offensive weapons. They know who their quarterback's going to be. And guys, we know this, not only in the ACC, but just in, in college football, if you don't know who your quarterback is coming into the season, that's like a massive problem for ranking you in a tier. They know that. Like, they know who their quarterback is going to be. So I, I like that. Uh, we keep rolling down the line here. Syracuse, you guys have mentioned Fran Brown. We could talk about Kyle McCord. Fran Brown's biggest acquisition was not a player. It was Elijah Robinson off that defensive line or the defensive coaching staff over at Texas A&M. That guy is an elite recruiter, and I can tell you firsthand because a lot of the kids that LSU got to flip from Texas A&M or out of the portal from A&M were there simply because of Elijah Robinson. Elijah Robinson held that defense together, held that staff together um, when you know things were not going well, was the interim head coach as well. A lot of respect for him, and he is an elite recruiter. So I, I like I like what he brings to the table. I think that there is some really, really good outlook when you talk to some people 
who are in the recruiting game about what they could do up there. Are they going to be a top 10 program in the country? No, but but there's no reason why Syracuse can't be a tier three or higher program uh, going forward. So I like the outlook that they have. We're not sitting here saying that Kyle McCord is going to help them win an ACC title. I think what we are sitting here saying is that Fran Brown, Elijah Robinson, and that staff up there is going to have them in a lot of recruiting battles where you're going to look at those graphics, those you know top three, top four graphics, and it might say Clemson, it might say a Florida State, it might say, you know, a, a Texas A&M, and then it's going to say a Syracuse. And everyone's sitting there wondering, like, how are they in this race? Uh, and, and it's going to be due to that staff. Virginia Tech, Brent Pry. Look, people are high on Virginia Tech, and I think it's because of Kyron Drones, solid quarterback for the Hokies. And they return their leading, leading tackler, their leading sack getter at nine and a half sacks there in Antoine powell Ryland. Um, just they return veterans. And Brent Pry, I think this is a big year where they can take a step. I think Virginia Tech is going to, as we get through kind of the media circle, Virginia Tech is going to start to become the darling that Louisville was last year of it's a manageable schedule and you should be able to fight for the top of the the conference if you are Virginia Tech and if you are what people think you are. Uh, We rolled through it. North Carolina, you guys kind of hit on this. Look, Mac Brown is there, uh, championship pedigree there in Mac Brown. They bring in Jeff Collins for the defensive coordinator position. I know that's not going to be very interesting to see how that's received on this show, but but I'll tell you this right now. The guy can coach defense, and he's coached some really, really good defenses. And so I think that they're going to be at least a middle-of-the-pack ACC program. What can they get out of Max Johnson that makes them a more balanced offense or a better offense uh, than what they had the past couple years and two NFL quarterbacks in Drake May and Sam Howell? I I don't know. Marion Hampton's going to be massive to watch, though, for that offense. You just say something, Will? Listen, Tech fans, I know y'all don't like me, but I'll be just as upset as y'all are if Jeff Collins makes that North Carolina defense better than Gene Chizik did. I think I think he's gonna. I, I actually think he's gonna do a pretty pretty nice job. Um, Georgia Tech's there. You know, look, I've talked a lot about this, and folks watch the sh- our Tech show, so they know. I think Georgia Tech is uh, is middling for me as a tier two, tier three program because you could very well beat. Miami, North Carolina State, SMU. That's where I think we could sit with that. The problem is, is is the consistency there. You had an unreal offense this year. You had a really, really good offense. You had a horrible defense. Can you make up enough of a gap to be consistently a contender in the ACC? That's the question that Tech is going to have to answer this year because you did establish some really good momentum. Uh, You found a quarterback. Can he limit the mistakes? Can your defense play better? Can Tyler Santucci, the new defensive coordinator, scheme up enough where they might not have some personnel? Uh, That's going to be something I think is going to be very, very interesting to watch as well. Miami, I think Dr. Bob said earlier, just a matter of can they play. Uh, They're going to recruit. They've got the NIL bucket. Their outlook as a program is always going to be a tier three, tier two program. It's going to be results based on the field to see if they can jump any higher than that. NC State, I think Dave Dorn is a really good football coach. I will tell you one thing. We've said this a lot, guys. The ACC has some really good underrated football coaches. And I think because of the lack of talent that they bring in uh, and, and not being a high profile program, they have to do a lot with a little. And you're seeing that. Like, Dave Doran does a good job. Now, you mentioned that run that they went on. MJ Morris is out the door. Brennan Armstrong is out the door. In comes Grayson McCall. How does that going to work? Is McCall going to be able to make that jump up to the, you know, the Power 5 level uh, with maybe some more talent around him? I will tell you this. NC State always finds a way to be competitive. 
and I like what they bring to the table. I like the mentality they have, and uh, it, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch them this year. Here's the one, and, and guys, we're going to talk about this a little bit more uh, after we get through these tiers. SMU for me, guys, Preston Stone. You could make a case, Preston Stone, it might be the best quarterback in the ACC entering 2024. Like, you, you really might. He is legit. He's very, very good. There are some really talented quarterbacks in this league. Preston Stone's upside, what Preston Stone brings to the table, the intangibles, the veteran play, absolutely love what he brings there. And then the massive factor, that's what happens in 2024. When you can enter a new conference with a veteran quarterback who knows your system, knows what you like to do, and is comfortable – it is massive in easing that transition process. Then you take another step and you understand that this is one of the best NIL programs the Group of Five saw. And also, it's going to be up there at the top, top three, top four, top five of the ACC. They are going to be able to compete. And I love what SMU brings to the table. I know we had some comments about, uh, you know, just why are people high on SMU? You have a really good play caller. You have a really, really good quarterback and you have an NIL program and you are in a recruiting hotbed there in the state of Texas in Dallas. They're going to be a contender in the ACC. I mentioned, I tweeted last year. I think I said, I think SMU is going to take the ACC by storm. Like I think they're going to be a consistent top five, top six, top four program. Uh, in that conference, I think they have that potential. I mean, people freaked out. People obviously didn't, you know, read. I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to kind of watch what SMU does. But I think the 2024 version, they might. I'm not saying they're going to win the conference, but I do think that they have the potential to compete for the top of the conference, and then beyond. They are set up, folks. Like y'all know when they announced that they were joining the ACC. Did you guys see like the amount of money that they raised? It's nuts. Like, it's crazy how much these people want to be good at football. And uh, they hate that their old head coach is right across uh, the street, essentially, over in Fort Worth at TCU and Sonny Dykes and made a national title game. That, did someone lose Bryce's timer? Ken, I own the show. So, you know what? Back off there, pal. Um, We'll roll with this one, the final couple. Clemson has the potential to be the best program. Uh, Clemson up front on the front seven. Georgia Tech fans saw it up close. They're still elite there. They're still very, very good. Cave Klugnick with better receiving options. Can he be better? Garrett Riley's year number two of this system. Does Dabo, does Dabo loosen the reins? I think so. Now, the outlook of this program, he's got to eventually use the portal. Like, you have to eventually use it, and that's going to be a problem. And then Louisville and Florida State, you guys mentioned this. I think they're the teams to beat. Louisville had a top 30 transfer class. Um you know, they got Tyler Barron's one of the latest commitments they got. They flipped from Ole Miss, former Tennessee edge rusher. I don't know, guys. That's that's where I sit with this. And then Florida State, like people keep saying, well, they lose a lot. But yeah, you had the third best transfer hall this past recruiting cycle. You have depth. And Florida State is trying to build what Georgia and Alabama have built. And essentially, of you may the casual fan may not know who is the second string guy, but they're you're going to learn them pretty quick. Uh, I think Mike Norvell is a really, really good football coach, and uh, I think he's certainly capable of repeating as the ACC title champions. So we talk about that, and we roll through those. Ralph, uh, we'll bring it back to just us here as we go through those tiers. Very interesting. Um, I don't think that we varied differently on this. Uh, I know we've got some questions uh, starred that we'll get to here in a second, but I mean, look, we talked about this. The ACC has the potential to be super exciting super competitive. Uh, we talked about those programs 
you know, that sit in between tier two, tier three, tier four guys. I mean, any of these teams could beat each other. Like I will agree. The one thing that maybe I was a little bullish on that I would come back and say, maybe some addendums. I know Ralph mentioned his change is, well, you did mention this Clemson. We, people like to poke fun at Clemson because they're not winning a national title anymore. You also got to remember, just because you don't win a national title does not mean you're good, not a good football program and that you don't have championship-level potential. So I would, I, I do give you that. I think that's a good point. But as we kind of wrap it up here, uh, Will, any any thoughts before we get to some of the questions on um, our tier rankings and maybe just uh, any any changes that you might made or anything you heard that might change your mind? No, nah, no changes. Maybe put Boston College lower. Work, Ralph, or on it's Will's an unserious program. So, Will, how are you putting them lower? I mean, are they in a tier six? It's, it's, get them out like, of the ACC. It's like, That's it's how like bad Vanderbilt. they are. Just like Vanderbilt. Just throw them, just throw them under the No, I'd, put, I'd rank Vanderbilt ahead of them because at least Vanderbilt has a plan. I don't think Boston College has a plan. They, they I also think had they, a plan. They had a plan to finish the stadium before the season, too. They didn't do that. So, Boston College hired a name. Mm. That's all they did. That's all they did. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think I'm a little bit higher on Pitt than than both of y'all are. I think Pat Narduzzi, good coach. I think he found lightning in a bottle with Kenny Pickett, no doubt, and, and Jordan Addison having them at the same time. Um, but again, the ACC, he, he said it and he's been outspoken about it, and this can be a problem for pretty much everybody in the conference. Your, your top players are going to get poached. Yeah. They're going to get poached to, to the Big Ten or the SEC. That's what's going to happen. So – you know, you look at the ACC, you're going to have to find – you're going to have to do like Louisville, I think. You're going to have to portal really well and, you know, to repeat myself, find lightning in a bottle to to be able to make a run. I don't yeah. know unless you're Florida State or Clemson that you're really going to be able to build a program that sustains being at, a, at an elite national level. Fair enough. I like that. I'll add this about SMU and, and wanted to get your guys' thoughts. I mean, look, I think that SMU – the current situation, but like the resources that they have, like, I don't, I just don't think the casual football fan understands what they have over there. And this isn't like when you think of group of five, Texas programs with all due respect to a couple of other ones, this isn't North Texas. This isn't UTSA. Um, this isn't rice. Uh, this Texas isn't State. Texas state. This isn't Sam Houston. Like guys, the, these people have some money and I, I firmly believe this. And like, you can, you can lock it in. I don't think that a top half finish should be necessarily um, possible. I think it. I think that it should be expected. Like I think that if you enter this season as SMU with an experienced head coach at that program, understands the program, and experienced quarterback at play or whatever they have, like they if they don't finish top six or seven of the conference, to me that's a disappointment, absolute disappointment. They also hired their head coach off an ACC staff. Rhett Lashley hired him from from Miami for, as their offensive mm. coordinator. Uh, you know, obviously, I have strong personal feelings about Rhett Lashley, but I think Rhett Lashley is is a top top coach. He's definitely on the rise. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I mean, the guy was getting head coaching interviews back what 2016. I think he interviewed for the UConn head coaching job. I know it's UConn. I know it was 2016. It's totally different landscape then, but. Yeah. I mean, the guy was in his mid-late 30s, and he's getting a head coaching job at, at, at the FBS level. Uh, so, you know, I, I really like what he's done there. I think he he gets it. He knows what he wants to do. Uh, and he's just – if you watch him, he's just different enough from Gus Malzahn, I think, to have 
maybe better success than Gus did. I think he he was under him and and saw his shortcomings. But uh, yeah, I think Rhett Lashley's really really good. I'll uh, hit this right here real quick, uh, and because do, Doctor Bob, Doctor Bob says that he understands what SMU has. Uh, he saw it live. Dr. Bob, I want to let you know, you are not considered a casual college football observer because, one, no no casual college football observer is going to as many games or has been to as many games as you have, so no worries there. Uh, and then we'll roll with this. He does say Rhett Lashley might be the next Arkansas head coach. That actually would not be a bad absolutely at all. I I've, like that. I think I've said that more than once. Mm. 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 And Gus, we trust. Um, any other thoughts there? I mean, look, like, I'm going to talk more about Georgia Tech tomorrow night in a live show and the defense. I mean, but they gave up 29 and a half points a game last year. Like, I just can't put them any higher in, in that tier ranking. That, that's that's why. Like, and, and I'll tell you, like, I think that there's a way that they could get better. But man, you're asking, you're just asking a lot. And, and I don't know. Um, I need to see more out of Georgia Tech recruiting wise. I think to really move them up. I mean, being in Atlanta, it's hot, but I know you're going up against Georgia, Clemson. Florida, Florida State, they're going to poach. Tennessee's yeah. going to come down and poach. Auburn, Alabama are going to poach out of Georgia. But there's Georgia's a deep enough state. It's fertile enough recruiting grounds. I need to see a little bit more from Brent Key and his staff to to really start to move them up. Yeah, You shouldn't I, I be losing the battles from other smaller conferences in your own state. Exactly. Like You shouldn't lose anyone to like Georgia Southern. You know, yeah, I'll even switch to App State, Coastal Carolina. The top, you know, the, the bigger even in schools. your conference. Wake Forest, yeah. Duke, Wake Forest, Duke, NC State. I mean, you, you got to win those recruiting battles. Yeah, in state, it's understandable to get poached from the big ones, obviously, Bam, mm-hmm. and all the ones yeah. you, you listed. But you know, there's three stars that are you're sitting there and you're just kind of not high on because you're well, it's, we wanted this four star. We didn't get him. We we're on passing the three star. Stars aren't really a big deal. I mean, you can find I mean, most of these court, most of the people in the NFL aren't five stars. They were never five stars. I mean, there's a handful that pan out to be, but as, you know, as Bryce just, called them, it's just rosters full of randos. It's true. Yeah. It, it, it it's just, it's, it's all about fit and development. Yeah, but it's the same thing with you know in college, the same way. I mean, yeah, yeah, you have a bunch of you have a few four and five stars that pan out to be superstars, but then you'll get some guys who you never hear from anymore. So yeah, you know, Georgia Tech's got they got to recruit better, I think. And, and like I said, in state, it's, it's true. I'll uh. Oh, Jonesy, Jonesy, you're lucky yes. I don't have band power. You're yeah. lucky. No, there's no band. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, I, I will say this gotcha. about tech, and I'm gonna I'll talk more about it tomorrow, honestly. Uh tomorrow night, tune in 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. I'm gonna go live and talk about that defense. Ralph's gonna be pumped to be a part of that. Uh, Ralph's gonna be hope that he drives tomorrow. Um how do you guys feel about like let's have the Miami conversation? Uh we got, I we got we're going, we're going to yeah, we're going a full hour here, so we got 15 more minutes. Um, look, I mean, I'm going to read this to you, okay? A month ago, no one knew what the quarterback situation was going to be. They get Cam Ward. My question is, and I put this in the Discord, your hope is that Cam Ward is not what Derek King was. Like, that's your hope. You brought in Derek King under the group of five ranks. He was really, really good. He was he was okay. Did he, did he, he, but he came back like another year, he didn't did he? did come back. Well, no, he missed a year and then came back a second year. Gotcha. So, I don't. I just think that, like, honestly, the talent's there. At what point under Mario Cristobal, like, what's the outlook of a program like Miami? How much more can you continue to bring in? Like, they have talent. Like, as they have championship level talent. And I know Ralph said that stars don't matter, 
and I get that for a hundred programs, but a select 20 or 25, they do matter. And those are the teams that you consistently see at the top of the college football world. Miami is probably in, and I, I want to look at this and I'll let, I'll look at this when you guys talk about it, but Miami, I would feel safe to say 24 seven does a talent composite roster. Like they do that ranking. Miami's got to be a top 30 program. And there's no reason that they should be underachieving as, as much as they are. So obviously it comes down to coaching, but want to get your thoughts on like, this Mario Cristobal situation, and at what point does this click for Miami? I mean, I don't think if they win and, and legitimately push for the playoff with Cam Ward at quarterback, I don't know that, they, that they're that they ever going to. Cam Ward is without a doubt the best quarterback Chris Ball has had at Miami, uh, and if he can't, you know, make the ACC title game or, ba- or maybe finish third in the ACC and, and be a legitimate playoff contender this year, I don't know that he's ever going to be. Um, you know, see it. Dr. Bob said at the playoffs, he he didn't even sniff the playoffs with Justin Herbert. He lost uh, – had Herbert as a four-year starter and lost to a true freshman uh, in in 2019. Uh, hmm. You know, I said at that game, watch him. I don't know. Chris Ball – Chris Ball's an offensive line guy, so he's going to want to run the ball. I don't – I don't know. I don't know that that really matters because I think he is is a really good coach. I think maybe he gets in his own head too much. Uh, I think that definitely happened against Georgia Tech last year. Yeah, um, yeah. safe to say. <laughs> yeah. So I, if you can't do it with Cam Ward, I don't think he's ever going to. And I would say Cam Ward's more talented than Justin Herbert was in college. In college. Yeah, I thought – I mean, that's one of my worst sports takes of all time. I thought Justin Herbert was going to be trash. Um I didn't so, think he was going to be good either because I was. I reiterated mine last night the will about Chase Young being terrible, and then he was terrible till last night. So, well, that that ask- game against Auburn, I thought he was bad. I was like, this guy's been a four year starter. They don't they don't give him the keys to the offense. He's throwing screens the whole game. He can't be that good. But I, I mean, obviously wrong. All right. So real quick, I wanted to get this because this is something that I think is is crazy. So last year, Miami had the twelfth best roster for the 24-7 sports talent composite ranking. That takes in uh, every single major media company that that you would do in high school rankings and put that up there. And if you say, well, Bryce, it doesn't matter. Well, go look at the teams at the top and tell me, you know, those are teams that are contending a, each and every single year for, for a college football playoff. So I, I just think outside of A&M, obviously, A&M's the anomaly there, number four. I just don't know, like when it when it doesn't click. Like, because, like you had Tyler Van Dyke who started his career in Miami, and people were like, "Oh my gosh, like this guy's got something going." And then just absolutely, like, I, it's just wild to me. Like they just cannot find it. But I, but look, I say this, and I got made fun of on our LSU message board about this. I said, look, if Miami starts winning, that is a sleeper giant type of program. Like, that's what they are. They're a sleeper program that could be an absolute giant in this sport. But they just have to find a way to, to translate it to on-the-field success. So, yeah. They've they've got some weird factors going for them. They don't play their home games on campus. I think that's the biggest travesty in college sports. You don't play your home games on campus. Uh, but I don't know that that matters. It shouldn't matter because they've never they've never played their home games on campus when they were winning national titles as an independent in the 80s and 90s before they even joined the ACC. They were a national power, so they were the there without a doubt. ACC, I believe, weren't they? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Wow. Uh, it's it's no doubt the probably the biggest sleeping giant in the country right now. 
let's end it with this. Who's your sleeper team in the ACC? I know we've all kind of te- you know teased this. Uh, Ralph, we'll go with you first. Sleeper team, you're not. I'm not. That maybe is this next year's Louisville. I know we've talked about Virginia Tech, SMU. Uh, I mean, look, we can throw Georgia Tech in that category as well. But who's a team that you just think you're excited to watch how they develop and they move forward? Um, as look, and and I'll, I'm going to long win this question here. I've mentioned this on the Georgia Tech side of things. If you are in tier three, four, and five of the ACC, you have to win to stay relevant. To stay because it, because as we move where we kind of all think they're moving into this college world world of where it's already the big two and you know maybe they want to extend an ad. I mean, you you got to prove your worth. And so so what team what team for you, Ralph? What, what would you roll with? I think I just got to go roll SME. I mean, I know I have them tier two, but first year in the Power Five conference, you know, there's a, they got they got a tough schedule. I think they they rise to the occasion. They show up. Um, I think they go nine, ten wins in the ACC first year. I, mm-hmm. They're capable. They're very capable of doing it. They hit the portal pretty well, and they're they're going to be a fun team to watch. I, I'm I'm high. I'm like I said. I'm high on SMU. I think they're. I think they're. I'm excited for them. I'm still shocked they didn't take the Big Twelve off of though. I thought it just made more sense, but you know it worked out in the end for them. Yeah. Will, what you rolling with? I think I'm going to shock everybody because because I'm I'm changing on the fly here. I was going to go Syracuse, but now I'm Boston looking at the College. Schedule. No, uh, Syracuse in the middle of their schedule, they play Clemson, North Carolina, Florida State, all back to back, no bye weeks. I think that kind of knocks them out. If we're looking for next year's Louisville, I'm going Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech has a very manageable schedule. Uh, they open with. Oh, wait, never mind. I'm looking at the wrong year. I'm stupid. <laughs> never mind. Okay, hold on. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going, no, I'm going what Syracuse. We, what are we I'm going Syracuse. For? I don't get paid at all. I'm going Syracuse. Uh, what I said about just a second ago, they have a very manageable schedule. They avoid the top three teams that I would say in the ACC, the three in my tier one. Clemson, Louisville, Florida State. They do not play any of those three in the regular season. Uh, they do finish year with Miami. I think that's that might be the tough – well, they have NC State in the middle. I mean, those are their two toughest games. Manageable schedule, very easy schedule, in my opinion. Uh, no big out-of-conference games either. So if they, can, if they can be sneaky and play their way into the ACC title game, could they possibly be a top 12 and get that at-large spot? Kyle McCord, I think, mm. good game manager. Um, you know, I has experience, did it with Ohio State, played in big games this year for them. I think he can come in and, and steady that ship and, and really get Fran Brown's program rolling. Going Syracuse in year one to to make some noise. All right, I'm going with mine, and uh, it's not the, the hoodie I'm wearing. Uh, I'm going NC State because I was looking at the schedule here, guys, and I love Dave Doran. I feel like he is a guy that really – um, invigorates that fan base, really does a good job with that roster, getting a lot out of it. If they can find consistent play, and the key is going to be with Grayson McCall. Guys, look at their schedule. They have a primetime opportunity there in week one. Uh, week zero, they're playing Western Carolina. Week one, they're going to play Tennessee You know, in Charlotte. They're going to get this Nico-led Tennessee offense the week one. That's where you want to get them. If they can somehow pull off that upset, they only play one more tier one team. You know they're going to play Louisiana Tech. They're going to go on the road at Clemson. But folks, they they have beat Clemson before. I absolutely love that. 
NIU, Northern Illinois, still lives in the hearts of Georgia Tech fans from a couple years ago. Wake Forest, Syracuse, they go to Cal. That's going to be a rough one. But, guys, they go to Cal, and then they get a bye the next week. That's massive for that schedule. A home against Stanford, home against Duke, a bye week. They go to Georgia Tech, and then they go to North Carolina. I think they can make a run. I really, I really like their schedule. I like the way things shake out for them. And I don't know, guys. I really, really like what they bring to the table. I like Dave Doran. I like NC State. And, uh, man, I, I know we joke about it. And, like, the ACC is not the Big Ten or the uh, necessarily the SEC in terms of star power. But I, I still love this conference. And I think it's a ton of fun to watch. I think it's really, really competitive. And, you know, replacing Peyton Wilson, who's probably going to be, what, a day two pick at least, uh, that linebacker that they had, really, really talented player is going to be tough. But look, listen to what they brought in, guys. They brought in, um, obviously, Grayson McCall. They addressed these needs. Wide receiver they brought in, Ohio State's Noah Rodgers, who was really, really good, just couldn't get on the field there. We know why. Wake Forest is Wesley Grimes, one of the better receivers in the ACC last year. Duke's Jordan Waters, who was a really good running back for them last mm-hmm. year. And then Dalen Smothers from Oklahoma. So they've got a two-headed attack there with Grayson McCall. You know they're going to really lean into what he can do well. I like the Wolfpack. Might even buy a shirt because I absolutely love that retro logo that they throw out there. All the sailor hat logos are the best mm-hmm. logos in college football history, by the way. Uh, and Auburn's got a dang good one, um, which is the same one as LSU. But it is what it is. All right, guys. Well, um, let's get to a couple of the comments, Ralph, here. I know we had some uh, we had some questions. Serious question, Ken says, for you guys, does joining the ACC at this point help recruiting in any way? Depends on who you are, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, I mean – I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I don't say I don't think any of the Sun Belt programs would benefit from joining the ACC. I don't think they would. Sun Belt's got a good TV deal. Uh, Sun Belt's regionality of college football is what's going to keep a lot of fans, you know, excited hey, about. They're it. not on the CW, so they automatically have a good TV deal. Because you know what, you can daggum hit the ESPN app on your computer, and you know you're going to be able to watch Sun Belt football. Isn't that right, Ralph? Yeah, and then Thursday nights is ESPN too. Wednesday nights, battle the belt. I mean, who's not ready for that? Um, all right, <laughs> let's roll. You're the couple more. I think the only team that helps is SMU at this point. I mean, yeah. jumping to a, a, a power conference. Tulane, uh, maybe Dr. Bob would have some thoughts on that. Tulane would have been a nice addition, I thought. Um, Miami has a national championship roster question, always coaching. Yeah, we, we addressed that. I know that was a comment way earlier, but I agree with you uh, there. SMU has long-term potential, but look what happened to Cincinnati, Houston, UCF this past year in the Big 12. Lots of issues making the jump. I know Stone is a baller, but that was a tough injury. Yeah, you're exactly right. I I, I will agree with you there. I think that the Big 12 was better than the ACC, so I think that it's more physical. So that's why I think that. I think the Big 12 is better. Because it's not going to be a lot better. Yeah, well, some people, our viewers don't really think that necessarily all the time, but that's okay. Um, I just think the victory is better. That's why. All right, keep rolling. So with y'all's tears, one of the bottom feeders winning the ACC. Isn't that how the ACC goes, Jonesy? That's I hope pretty so. much what's going to happen. It's going to be Boston College and Pitt for the ACC title, and five people are going to watch it in Charlotte. Can't wait. It'll be on the CW. They'll take it off ESPN and oh put it God. on the CW. Josh doesn't respect Wake fans. I feel like there's just so much more bought into that that we don't need to know about. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. There it is. <laughs> and there we go. So do you guys think GT Academic requirements affect their recruitment? Yes, yes, 100%. and yes. 110, 100 million, 5,000 percent. This is the comment of the night. Uh, Mr. Singh, you're getting a $10 gift card to the crowd booth store for this one, by the way. The last time that you was feared was when I barely knew English. That is amazing. Amazing <laughs> content. We're going to DM you over on Discord to get that uh, 
that's that, that right there. But hey, we appreciate you watching. We're going to be live every single Monday night throughout the offseason uh, talking college football. We're going to pick some topics. If there's topics you'd like for us to talk about, uh, we will definitely address that. Uh, the live shows can be a little bit longer. And if you're on YouTube and you're watching, you're going to find some smaller shows unless Will's talking about Auburn. Uh, those will be long-winded, but that's fine. Uh, talking to Auburn football. Uh, but we're going to have those as pre-recorded episodes. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Uh, whether that's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you guys are killing it. Make sure to leave us a review there. And, uh, man, check us out. Uh, on all social medias. And Maxwell Joseph says, speaking of spending money on the credit booth, we're going to be launching uh, some fundraising stuff as we get ready to roll in with some new uh, content here in the new year that we want you to bring uh, and be a part of. Will Manis, Ralph Leary, great comment section on fire tonight. My name is Bryce Coon. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been ACC Tears, ranking them. Let us know in the comments what you think. There's, we'll another, there's another ism I like to bring. Thanks for watching the credit booth. Coming on The Crowded Booth with Bryce Coons.